0: Paul Boyer and the congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's listen to Pastor Paul as we study the Word together.
1: I'm telling you, weren't they good? Yeah, the Gaithers need to watch out. You got Mark Lowry, and you got Dave Horniak. All right, um, you know, I met with the pastors this week for the, you know, the, the board uh, credentials committee, and they taught me something that I hadn't thought about, and it was really pretty uh, profound. One of them shared a little bit of wisdom when asked what the last thing he did before he goes into the pulpit is. And he was thinking some, you know, I pray or, you know. Uh, He said, I checked my fly, so hold on just a minute. Okay, I'm good. All right, now, pastor asked me to keep this short because he wants uh, the business meeting. Do I have time for the business meeting? Well, I'm telling you, boss, I'm making no promises. It all depends on how enthusiastic you guys get. You know what the old saying is, saying amen. Okay. You're just dragging it on, man. (laughs) Saying amen to a Baptist preacher is like saying, sick them to a coon dog. So anytime anytime you want to chime in there, that's your lunch. Okay, amen. Thank you very much. Okay, now on a serious note, we're talking this week about walking in the light. That's our D6 theme of the week is walking in the light. That's what we hope for. And that's what we all should be doing, but um, I'm seeing a lot of darkness. So before I talk about light, let's talk about darkness a little bit. Because how can you really understand what light is, unless you first understand what darkness is? And I'm going to give you a little graphic illustration, which is kind of poetic, since to illustrate means to illuminate, and we're talking about darkness, but anyway. Has anybody seen the Dangerous Catch, that show? Dangerous catch. Okay, I was stationed in Alaska. That's exactly where I was, where they were, Dutch Harbor in that area. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You have never known darkness until you've been at sea at night in a storm. I'm talking darkness that you can feel. I'm talking utter darkness that has a physical presence about it. I'm in seas, I'm standing out on deck, and and we're in seas that are tall as four-story buildings. And I can't see them. I can feel their presence. I can feel the seas lifting the ship and rolling it about, but I can't see it. I can hear the waves breaking across the bow of the ship and rolling down the decks and, and, and sluicing off, but I can't see it. We're in utter and complete darkness. This is darkness that has weight. There's nothing to be seen. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever been in a place that is so dark that the darkness itself becomes a presence, becomes a being on its own? That's what this is like. The old expression, hand in front of your face, doesn't say it. Absolute, complete and utter darkness. Now how do you feel when you're in darkness that deep? You're lost. You're confused. And you're hopeless. Hopefully you know the way home. Standing on that deck in that darkness, my universe was dark. But I could look behind me, and there were three little spots of light, a masthead light and a port and starboard running light. I had three little beacons shining out in that darkness. Three little points of light. Well, the world lives in darkness and shuns the light, doesn't it? The world stumbles around in the darkness until they eventually fall into the pit of despair, having never seen the light. Everything is dark. It's all darkness. It's all despair. It's all lostness and hopelessness until, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke light into existence. Now light travels 186,000 miles per second, and this burst out of God's mouth at those words and filled the universe with His glory. God said, let there be light, and light exploded into being. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. He separated the light from the darkness. It's God's plan from the beginning to separate the light from the darkness. The two cannot dwell in the same, can't inhabit the same place at the same time. He separated the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Evening came, and then morning the first day. This light was the glory In Revelation 21-23 it says the city, meaning heaven, had no need for the sun or the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is the light. The glory of God illuminated it. It wasn't until later that God created the sun. So where did this light come from? The glory of God illuminated it. And then God said, "Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for festivals and for days and years. There will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide us on they will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth." And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to have dominion over the day, the lesser light to have dominion over the night, as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on earth to dominate the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, evening came, and then morning it was the fourth day. God had created light before he created the sun and the moon and the stars. He placed the sun and the moon and the stars in the sky to give us illumination, but light already existed. It was his glory. It was God himself that was this light. He went on then to create, to separate the waters from the earth and to create the the green things, and then to create the living things. Then he did something remarkable. Then he did something extraordinary. On the sixth day, he created us. He created mankind. He created us because he wanted us to dwell in that light with him forever. That was God's God's intention from the beginning was that we would share that light, his glory, with him in heaven forever or in the Garden of Eden, on earth, forever. We would share in his glory. He created us for that purpose, and to serve him and to worship him, but most of all, to dwell in the light of God's glory forever. But there was a problem. God, when he created us, he created us in his image, but he created us also with free will. And free will allowed darkness to enter the world. And with the darkness was sin and depravity and hopelessness and lostness. But God said, in the beginning, first he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created them in his image. He created them in the image of God. He created them male and female. But darkness had entered the world. And John three nineteen it starts says and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they may have been done in God. What is the light he was referring to here? That the light has come into the world. We had, man had brought darkness into the world. What is this light that has returned to the world? It's Jesus. The light referred to here is Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Isaiah said that Jesus is the light among the Gentiles. And Jesus said, and then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Without Jesus, all is in darkness. But where are we? Those that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, where are we? 1 John chapter 1 starts by saying, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed, what we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life is revealed, we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you that the eternal life that was with the Father has been revealed to us. John is saying this isn't something that we've made up. This isn't a new prophecy we have seen the light of the world. We have touched it. We have felt it. We have tasted it, the scriptures say. They are testifying. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may have fellowship among with, along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Now in verse 5, it goes on. Now, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. You ready? This is the message. This is the gospel that was declared and given to John. You ready? God is light. Amen. Amen. We can get excited right there. Amen. God is light. And there is absolutely no darkness in him. Remember, God created the, the light and he divided the light from the darkness. God created the light of the world and there is no darkness in him. They cannot inhabit the same space. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, the light is separated from the darkness. We are lying and we are not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his his son cleanses us from all sin, amen. His blood cleanses us from all sin. That's the gospel message that John is giving us. That's the gospel message. We don't have to make it more difficult than that. Jesus is the light of the world and those who have him have the light, In John 9, 5, it says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But is Jesus still in the world? I mean, the darkness killed him. And they took him, the light of the world, and they killed him. And they put him in a dark hole. And they rolled a stone over the hole. And they sealed it, and they posted a guard over it. Darkness is one the light has been extinguished. It's dead. It's buried. But that's not the end of the story, is it? Amen. No, the end of the, it goes on. The stone rolled away, and the light come, came back into the world, resurrected. And He's now in His glory, and it will never be darkness again, ever. The light that God established for us to dwell with in the beginning, in His in His glory, is in the world now forever, because it's in you. And it's in me. And it's all that call in the name of Jesus Christ. All that walk in fellowship with him have that light. Yes, the light's still in the world. The light's in you. And it gives us peace. And it gives us hope. Psalm 27 said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? Whom should you, of whom should you be afraid? You've got to remember who you are. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who you are. You were made whole through his righteousness. Proverbs 4, 18 says, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn shining brighter and brighter until midday. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, will have the light of life. Paul told the Philippians, so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God, who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like the stars of the world. Now, you've seen stars, okay? Now I grew up here, I know what it looks like. You look in the night sky, and if you can get far away enough away from the street lights and the neon signs and the headlights, and you look in the night sky and it's purple, with a little dot here and there. And over there's a constellation and there's a planet and then the International Space Station is the brightest thing in the sky, okay? That's what the stars look like. That's not what the stars look like. We have, most of us have never seen the stars the way John would have seen them the way God created them. On that same ship in the North Pacific, on a clear day, which was rare, at night, utter blackness, unless the clouds roll away. And you understand the true meaning of the phrase Milky Way. Because the sky is so clear, and there are, there are no street lights, there's no light pollution reflecting off of, of everything around it to, to to distract your eyes, you look at the full glory of God. The sky is white, solid white with a little dot of purple here and there. it's It's incredible. And if you've never been someplace like Alaska, you've never seen the sky the way John would have seen it and the way Jesus would have seen it. It's that beautiful. That's the illustration that he's making for us. We're to be those stars. We're to be shining out God's glory in a crooked and perverted generation. You, with the light in you, are to be shining. The scriptures tell us, you don't take a basket and put it on, a, put it, you don't take a, a, a lamp and put it under a basket, do you? No, you put it on a lampstand so it lights the entire house. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, that's you. The light that's in you cannot be hidden. They are in darkness, but you walk in the light. Now I've navigated quite a bit at night, and everything from big ships to small boats. I've navigated using Loran Sea, sat-nav, GPS, all of the high-tech equipment, but I've also navigated by a thing called dead reckoning. And it's called dead reckoning because I reckon you're dead if you get it wrong. That's not really true, I just made that up. but. It's called dead reckoning. What you have is a chart, and a magnetic compass, and a clock. That's it. You have to find your way home with a chart, a magnetic compass, and a clock. Doesn't take very long for you to get lost. Now, this is the primal navigation. This is the way that Columbus found the New World. This is the way Magellan sailed around the world. But it's not very precise. Columbus was looking for China and he found Puerto Rico or something, right? You know? So it doesn't take long to get disoriented. It doesn't take long to get lost. And after a while, you're not really sure exactly where you are. You have a general idea where you are. You think you're going in the right direction, but you're not just really not sure, you're putting one foot in front of the other hoping that you're doing the right thing. You're lost and hopeless until on the horizon a little speck of light appears and that little speck of light gets a little bit bigger and you start noticing it's flashing in a particular sequence and you know where you are. You look at your chart and you recognize the lighthouse that you can see miles and miles at sea. Now that one point of light gives you hope, gives you peace, gives you direction. If you can find your way home, you can find your way to safety because of that one point of light shining out in the darkness. You are that one point of light shining in the darkness of the world. And the people that are navigating by dead reckoning don't know it, they're already dead. You have the only hope of life for them. You are that lighthouse that can lead them home. Amen. They're looking at you for that hope. Now, I told you about being in utter darkness and all I could see was three points of light. Well, I wasn't like Pastor Daniel who, who came to the Lord at five. I was 27 and I was on that ship I was a good man. I I had a beautiful wife that loved me. I had one daughter, and soon to have a second. My family was growing, but I was lost. I was in the darkness. I was putting one foot in front of the other. I was navigating by dead reckoning through life. I had no idea where to go until three points of light came into my life. I went on this ship in Kodiak, Alaska, and on that ship were several Christians, but among them were... Peter, Paul, and John. These weren't your wishy-washy Christians that, you know, that that could walk, talk the talk. These were men that were walking the walk. And I will never forget these men and the influence they had on my life. I have three points of light that saw me lost in the darkness and gave me the way home. And if it had not been for God putting me on that ship at that time with those men, I would probably not be here today. So we have to remember who we are. You are born of God. 1 John 2, starting in cha- First John chapter 2, starting in verse 12, says, I am writing you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I am writing you, young men, because you have the victory over the evil one. I am writing you, children, because you have come to know the Father. I am writing you, fathers, because you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. I am writing you, young men, because you are strong. God's word remains in you, and you have victory over the evil one. Hoorah! I'm pounding the pulpit right here. This pulpit doesn't pound very well. We need a big wooden one so you can really hear it. We should be excited about that. Are you excited? So, come, amen. Come on. A, followed by men. It means, okay. Uh, Bishop Larry Jackson would have said, I'm in this all by myself. No, but he's, he's not here. Okay. You are a grafted branch into the nation of Israel. You are God's chosen people. You have victory in Jesus. Remember who you are. The light and glory of God dwells in you. Darkness has to flee. Heaven and glory of God are your home. No more darkness, no more pain, no more death. Death and sin and darkness no longer have sway over you. Jesus is the light of the world and that light is in you. That makes me happy. I can say hallelujah, where's Earl? Thank you Earl. But I wanna admonish you with a few things. That was the pep rally. You've got to guard your heart. You see that the light that lives in you is an abomination to the father of darkness. The father of darkness hates the light that lives in you. And he wants nothing more than to destroy it. And I, I've come to think of us as human beings. You know, I always thought that the devil was out to get me once I became a Christian. I'm not really sure that's entirely true. I'm not sure the devil's out to get me at all the devil is out to wound God. And if he can wound me, the son of God, he can wound God. Now think about it. If someone comes after me, I say bring it on. Somebody goes after my daughter, we're going to fight. I can take it. You ain't picking on her. That's the way God feels about us. The devil is attacking us because through us he can get to God, he can wound God, and this is the only avenue he's got. It's the only power he's got. He's using God's love for us against him. So in a way, we're kind of collateral damage in this battle between good and evil, light and darkness. You've got to guide your, guard your heart. Pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Stay away from all the things of darkness. Don't play with it. Don't approach it. If you feel you're being drawn into all the things of darkness, back away. Guard your heart. Put on that full armor of God. Keep your light burning. Remember who and whose you are. Most importantly, stay in the Word. That's where the light comes from. That's where your power to overcome the darkness comes from, is from the Word of God. This is the light, the Word of God, and it banishes darkness. Stay in the Word. Be a beacon in the darkness. Be that lighthouse. Draw the lost and weary to your light, and walk in the light of Jesus forever. Paul said to the Philippians, So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to will and to act for his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. Hold firmly the message of life that I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run in vain or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you. In the same way, you should also rejoice and share your joy with me. Let's pray. Oh, God, where would we be without the light, the light that you've put into the world, the light that is your glory? Because without that light, we are utterly lost, utterly hopeless. We're living in darkness. We don't know where to go, and who to turn to, and how to find our way back home, but you provided that light, and you put that light into the world, and his name is Jesus. Those of us here, right now, and it's not hearing my voice in this room, that know who Jesus is, who your son is, and the light that you've sent to the earth, have that light dwelling in them. And nothing can extinguish that. They can overcome the darkness, but Lord, there are those in darkness. And I ask that you move in the hearts and the minds of all those who may have heard this message that don't have that light. Reveal yourself to them. Let them see the light shining in the, in the corners and the darkness of their own heart. And bring them into this fellowship, this fellowship that is, is in you. And through your Son, Jesus Christ. If there's any here that have that, that just don't have the feeling in their heart, they don't have the conviction in their own heart that they have this light dwelling in them, today is the day to, to do something about that. Today is the day to get into that fellowship, to walk in the light, to become that beacon in the darkness, to find your way home. So if you have not done that, today is the day to do that and it's it's easily done. First you have to be convicted in your heart that you are a sinner in need of a savior. And then you have to confess with your mouth that yes, I am a sinner in need of a savior and ask Jesus Christ to be that savior to come into your life and fill you with that light that I was describing. So if you need to do that today, do it now. Because time is short if you're thinking that you'll come to the cross when it's more convenient or you'll come to the cross when you're a better person or when the time is right, you'll never come time is right now, the time is now so pray this prayer with me Lord, I understand who I am and I understand that I'm stumbling in the darkness lost and hopeless I ask you to fill me with your light come into my life be my savior let me be a light to the world I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen.
0: Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. Or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.